Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thank God It's Fiction, the podcast where I spend far too much time scouring the net for the worst, most uncomfortable fan fictions this world has to offer and read them to you for your entertainment. This podcast is intended for mature audiences and may contain strong language, violence, and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. The stories herein are read as written, and all credit goes to the author. There will be a link to the story we are reading in the show notes, should you be inclined to read it for yourself. Enjoy. All right, so, Vade, do you want to introduce yourself first and foremost? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, yeah, uh, name's Vade, Vader. Um, like the game, I like to hang out with my friends, and, uh, you know, that's about it. I don't really have anything special planned out. Um, just here to vibe and uh, have a good time with some dark stories. Yeah, that's probably for the best, because I have no idea what we are about to get into. I was sent this story by a friend of mine. It is uh, called Where the Broken Ends Meet by the Corrosive Pen. And I I will link the story in the show notes below. Uh, We're just going to jump right into this shit. So we're going to start with an author's forward. Chapter one. Hello all, I'm so glad you've stopped by. I've been working on this since August 2019, so you could say that it's been a long time coming. The current pandemic has given me the time to finish, so here it is. I wish it could be under better circumstances. This is a dark story, but not so dark that all hope is lost. I tried to emphasize the different facets of love and lust, as explained well in the poem at the beginning, and to show how deep the trauma of war can cut. The characters here are all shades of gray, and hopefully you will notice how they evolve through the course of the work. There are sections with dubious consent that some may find upsetting. I'll do my best to post a warning at the beginning of those chapters. As I say in the summary, this is Dromoyne. That said, the relationship between Tom Riddle and Hermione plays a major role in this story and cannot be ignored. Wait, Tom Riddle? Yes, Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle and Hermione. They sound, they sound oddly familiar. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, funny you say that. This, this takes place in the world of Harry Potter. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm really not sure how, how this is going to go. But I'm excited to find out. Uh, I hope you'll give it a try. Much love in these troubled times. Signed, The Corrosive Pen. So I think uh, starting starting out, we should probably read this poem that they've put here. It says, uh, "Was this uh, probably to foreshadow a little bit of the story?" I'm I'm assuming. I yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't give too much away, but kind of lets us know what we're in for. At the same time, uh, we'll find out, I suppose. So where the broken ends meet, love seeketh not itself to please, nor itself hath any care, but for another gives its ease. And builds a heaven in hell's despair. So sung a little clod of clay, trodden with the cattle's fleet. But a pebble of the brook warbled out these meters meet. Love seeketh only self to please, to bind another to its delight. 
joys in another's loss of ease and builds a hell in heaven's despite. Signed, William Blake, The Clod and the Pebble. That was beautiful. Yeah, I've been drinking. I probably shouldn't be trying to read all this right now, but, you know, it is what it is. There's a there's a lot of big words in there, so I I, I don't even know if I understand what this story is going to be about no, yet. So. I, I, I certainly don't. I, I, I was hoping it would tell me something, but I got nothing out of that. that Absolutely yeah. nothing. Exactly, that didn't help me at all. It <laughs> Honestly, it hurt me more. I'm more confused going into this. Exactly, I'm right there with you. Screw it, let's just go and see what happens. Uh, I'm not sure if this is separated out into chapters or not, but considering this is 46 pages, I will probably have to separate this episode into multiple sections. We'll figure it out. I'll try to find a good spot, stopping point. Adventure is going to be a couple episodes, and... I imagine. So Yeah, most likely. Uh, few, probably, I, I will probably just end up having to try and find a good stopping point because I doubt that most people who write fanfics are going to be separating things out into chapters this is going to be one run-on story so i'll probably just have to find sounds something. like my life so i'm with it uh, yeah i'm right there with you i totally i totally relate <laughs> <laughs> all right so starting out it was over they had been on the brink of total annihilation for months but it was well and truly over now Hermione's breath was a ragged pant as she reached the top of the astronomy tower stairs, her tattered and bloody robes billowing behind her in the chill fall breeze. It was barely dawn, the inky tendrils of night still clinging in the sky, but the battle had been raging since the previous twilight, the final push of the Death Eaters to finish off the Order. The air was laden with ozone and blood. The vestiges of spells best left unknown. Hermione's own in blood. That's like a was that like a Friday night? Uh, it depends on where you're from, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> here, not so much. Maybe maybe that's a maybe that's an East Coast thing. But... Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Hermione took a steadying breath as she reached into her pocket, pulling out the miniature hourglass attached to the delicate chain. It had been burning a hole in her side for months now, ever since she managed to nick it during a ministry raid. But it hadn't been warranted. They'd lost so much, but it hadn't been over. Not like it was now. Her hands trembled as they draped the chain about her neck and gripped the slender hourglass. This was utter desperation, the last resort of last resorts. But it was over now, and there was no other choice. No other path towards salvation. No. There was only a trail of sightless eyes, and loss so infinite it filled every corner of her soul, making her ache in ways that she couldn't begin to describe. So she spun the hourglass in its frame, carefully counting the rotations. Too many, and she'd risk jumping through time forever. Too few, and it wouldn't matter. A blast of green illuminated the stairway, followed by the telltale thump of a body toppling down the remaining stairs. Heavy footsteps echoed as the victor continued the trip up the tower. Hermione didn't take her eyes off the spinning vial of sand as she backed away from the stairs. There was no stopping now, no matter who emerged. Her finger caught the hourglass as it finished its final rotation. An instant later, a silver mask was in front of her as strong arms tugged against, tugged her against a solid, very male frame. 
Her robes were stained with blood and gore, the stench enough to induce nausea in the faint of heart, but Hermione no longer noticed the smell, no longer felt the urge to purge everything within her at the sight of bile and flesh. There had been a COVID. time years COVID. <laughs> <laughs> she lost her smell. Lost her sense of smell. What a damn shame. Maybe this is just like maybe this is just the story about Hermione catching COVID. Hermione gets COVID. <laughs> Why do we gotta have this fancy ass name like where the broken ends meet? No, this is Hermione catches COVID. A fan fiction. <laughs> An erotic fan fiction at that. Come on. Everybody Probably had a crush on Hermione. It. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> That's what I'm if, saying. Dude, why do I have a feeling? This may start off as very, like, uh, dark and tense, but, dude, I, this is definitely going to turn into an erotic fanfiction. I have no doubt. Oh, yeah. Uh, fuck, I, dude, honestly, is do people write fanfictions other than to live out their uh, erotic fantasies of characters like just to ship other characters but do people do other things than that because i feel like that's all fan fictions are i mean yeah i mean like what what else would you what else would you take the time to write about right what else would you take all this time to write 46 pages if Bro, you're not thinking of hermione I, erotically <laughs> you know I actually i actually found out recently i learned that the the longest piece of literature in the world is a smash bros fan fiction and from what i understand it's not even like a sexual thing it's literally just this person writing a narrative in the smash bros universe which is fucking wild to me but i mean hey more power to you i could like i guess we'll i guess we'll find out we'll so we'll see uh we'll see uh slowly how this turns out so for sure see where this goes there had been a time years ago now that she'd vomited for days on end, that she'd been overwhelmed by the realities of battle. But three years of war had stolen such sensitives from her, sensitivities from her. They'd also stolen Ron and Jenny. It had it, barely don't. been a year. <laughs> it had barely been a year into the war when Jenny had fallen cut down by some masked figure merely doing his duty to the enemy. Harry, Hermione, and Ron had raged, turning the loss into something visceral to fight with. But that had only lost Ron to a burst of green as well. Indeed, the green glow of the killing curse no longer caused her pulse to race or her chest to tighten. It was simply another reality of war merely a green light that signaled another drop of life into a well of eternal death. I'm telling you, it sounded more and more like COVID as this, as this goes on. But, uh... I mean, personally, I've never had COVID. When you get COVID, do you, like, flash of green? Green? And then you turn dead? green? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. I've never had it. I haven't met anyone who had so, it. So now we're mean Ron. So Ron's introduced now. And Harry. Ah uh, yes, we have acquired uh, uh, male characters, and uh, Ginny is uh is now gone to us. That was that was Ron's sister, was it not? Right, yeah, that's okay. from what I, I recall. Sure. Yes, yes. See, I never read any of the books. I I watched the movies, but oops, that was about it. I wasn't sure if I was remembering this right because even that's been a while. Yeah, as soon as they said Ron and Ginny, I was like, that. I'm pretty sure she's in their family. 
Yeah. Well, let's see what happened. After Ginny and Ron passed. Oh, shit. Ron's dead. Okay. Okay. I, oh, because I, they I stolen Ron be... and Giddy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> expected, yeah, that makes sense. I expected him to be a part of this story, but I guess not. Okay. Yeah, because they lost Ron to a burst of green as well. Oh, is that what it said? Okay. Yeah, the that killing curse. The, the burst of green, sense. whatever that is. Yeah, Avada Kedavra. All that nonsense. Uh, so, after Ginny and Ron passed, the well just kept filling. The faces she'd seen at school gradually thinned until Hermione knew only a handful of the people that she had fought beside. Even the enemy evolved, fewer Death Eaters' voices eliciting the sting of recognition. Life became a struggle, a bottle of fire whiskey and the moans on Harry's lips as he buried himself within her over and over until neither of them could remember Ginny or Ron. But she'd seen Harry fall minutes ago as he stood between the horde of masks and the battlements of the castle. She'd seen his body tip over the edge, a lifeless bird as it tumbled to the ground, rustling the fallen leaves below. It was over. The Did death he figures commit grip... suicide? Did he fall? Wait, I've... wait a minute. Dude, I, I don't know. Like, I, I She's seen no his idea. body tip <laughs> over the edge, lifeless bird, a lifeless bird as it tumbled. I mean, it's pretty sketch. So, yeah, I guess we'll find out, man. I, I don't know. We're only a few paragraphs in. I'm, I'm really confused at this point. I'm sure I know, it I'm, tr- I'm trying to get a grip because I don't, I don't want to get too far and not understand. Because then at that point you'll just be in this, in this, in lost in this story. It, yeah, of, it'll just be words on a screen. Like it won't make any fucking. How about, well, once we go over the first page, we'll we'll just recap it. How about that? We'll we'll figure out where we're at. If we need to, paragraphs. yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally down with that. If we need to, because as of right now, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, so we're definitely gonna recap this. Also, we'll just a tight. We'll recap. But she'd seen Harry fall minutes ago as he stood between a horde of masks and the battlements of the castle. She'd seen his body tip over the edge, a lifeless bird as it tumbled to the ground, rustling the fallen leaves below. It was over. The Death Eater's grip on her tightened as the world began to spin. There was a rough pull at the chain around her neck, and then the loop extended about his broad shoulders as well. Hermione would have protested, put up at least a modicum of a fight, but the risk was too great. The timing was precise, and she could ill afford to ruin this last desperate hope. So instead, she stood, stiff as a board, ignoring the burn of her skin where he pressed up against her. When they arrived, she would deal with him. The world stopped rotating at a blistering pace in an instant. Hermione swayed on her feet a long moment before a sense returned to her, and she quickly yanked the time-turner over their necks, clearly tearing the delicate chain in her haste to conceal it away from her stowaway. Only once the delicate hourglass was safely in her robe pocket did she spring into action. Her shoulder crashed into his sternum with a thump that had her wincing and him falling back a step. Her elbow was next, cracking across his chin and forcing his mask askew. She yanked the offending object away with her free hand, flipping it to the ground. Her hand froze on its path to her wand when the features in front of her finally coalesced. Her pulse skipped a beat, then another. As familiar eyes, the color of angry December skies stared back at her. 
His jaw was sharper than she remembered, but in a way that complemented the high cheekbones and full lips above. Hair that managed to still look sinfully soft hung in dirty tendrils, just brushing the line of his jaw. Streaks of red and brown hid much of the distinctive of platinum, but Hermione knew exactly what color it would appear without the grime. Holding her gaze, Mafoy shed his outer robe, the Death Eater garment that had been coated in nothing but charred flesh and fresh blood. He dropped it unceremoniously on top of the mask she discarded. Hermione couldn't hold back a flinch as his wand slipped down from his forearm holster, but he didn't point it at her. Rather, a quick flick, and the clothing on the stone erupted into flame, the metal of the mask contorting as the fabric below burned. They stood in total silence until the robes were no more. Even the stench of death gone, Malfoy's features was, were indescrutable as he asked, What? When the bloody hell are we, Granger? 1943. Malfoy repeated the date under his breath, a storm gathering behind the tempestuous eyes as the pieces fell together. She'd always secretly admired his ability to problem solve to come up with clever solutions when he thought his fellow Slytherins weren't watching. But now, now that Sharp Intellect was staring at her with all the horror their situation warranted, we're at Hogwarts in 1943. I assume you're perfectly aware of who else resides in this castle at this time. Hermione didn't even blink as she nodded. Yes, that was rather the point. And what exactly are you planning to do? She didn't need to answer him didn't need to explain her, her plan to a man who was a notorious Death Eater. But he was also the only other human being that knew who she was here. Was it wrong that the appearance of his cold eyes and marble features had filled her with relief before decaying into dread? He was not a friend, not even an ally, but neither was he a stranger. They lived together for six years in this castle, and she knew him. Perhaps not the man he'd become, but the boy he had been. I plan to destroy him using whatever means necessary. Malfoy blinked slowly as if he couldn't quite believe the words coming out of her mouth. Have you lost your bloody mind? It's been three years of war, Malfoy. Do you still have yours? Between the constant death, the inexorable use of the killing curse, and the slow decay of her soul, Hermione was running on fumes. She was serious when she told Malfoy whatever means necessary. Her life hardly mattered now. Its light long since snuffed out. She would find a way to set the world right, and then she would be done. Able to melt away from the pain until nothing remained and she was free at last. What the world did with that second chance would not be her concern. For if Hermione had learned one thing over the past three years, it was that destruction was inevitable, and there were no such things as the good guys, only a million shades of grey that tortured the soul. Malfoy stared down at his left leg for a long moment, as if peering into an abyss that only he could see before nodding. I suppose not, but that doesn't explain why you're doing this. It's a suicide mission at best. There is the possibility of returning. It's not well documented, going so far each time, but it's not impossible either, she sighed. 
running a hand through tangled tresses. But it's over, Malfoy. You were there. You know. The only way to save them is to change this. Eliminate him from the equation. To save St. Potter, you mean. If his eyes had been stormy skies before, they were jagged icicles now. Rumor has it that Potter's been shagging your brains out every night for the past two years, <laughs> Granger. <laughs> okay. Uh, my man came in with the heat. It? Yeah. Oh, I mean, God. every everybody. Okay, yeah, that, that right? really that came out of fucking nowhere. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is there's a serious conversation about. Um. So I. So I'm assuming. Okay. So. She. What. What mission is she on though? He says it's a death mission, right? It's a yeah, he, he says it's a suicide mission suicide at best. Mission. But, it, dude, we really haven't gotten any sort of backstory. Like, this just kind of threw us in, into the middle of all this. Right, so like, I'm picturing her... So far, her, it's just been like, figure like, it out. Yeah, I'm picturing her, like, I, I can't imagine what the, what the setting looks like. I can just, like, picture her talking to Malfoy, like, in this, like, Death Eater, like, dark-looking face, like... Almost like a like a like a devil complex looking kind of thing, but yet it's like right. kind of has his features. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like a, um, I don't Bruh. know. It's like a like a very. <laughs> I am super lost. Uh, but I just I just don't know what mission she's going on. But obviously, they said six years after the war, so they they're referring to the books. Dude, it's been so long since I've since I've seen any of the Harry Potter movies or anything like that, I have no idea. Like, I know the characters, and that's about it. Like, my knowledge on this subject is not very vast. So, I, dude, I'm assuming that there will be some sort of explanation uh, at some point, but... This is probably just, like, a standalone type this of is This is the hook. Like, this is to yeah. get you interested in what the hell's right. going on. Well, I'm slightly, I'm, no very I'm very intrigued, actually. I'm very intrigued, I'm right there with you. I'm really At first, it was just confusing but... me, and now yeah. I'm liking it a little bit. So, I can't lie. <laughs> and then I he goes right to the shagging partner. Yeah, dude, for real. Like, where did that come from? Like, Packing your brains out every like, night for the past two years. This man just goes, yeah, rumor has it Potter's been shagging your brains out every night for the past two years, Granger. Can't live without a good fuck, is that it? I'm like, <laughs> okay, hold on. That's kind of uncalled for. We're in a war I mean, here. is it true, though, right? <laughs> I Can't live I, without I, a good fuck, right? I mean, it's like, so is far, it all we know is that's, that's rumors. That's true. So maybe not. I guess we'll see. I guess. The blood in her veins froze for an instant, in the wake of his cruel disdain, before heating to a fever pitch, roiling beneath her skin. Shut up, Morfoy. You have no idea what you're talking about. His lips pulled up in a smirk that was damningly familiar. A refined version of the one she'd endured for years within these halls. So it's true. You're nothing but Potter's whore. It's a shame about him dying and all. Not sure what use you'll be to the world now. That she'd been prepared to give him a chance, to perhaps even allow him a part in her mission, seemed absurd now. How had she forgotten the viciousness behind those crystalline eyes? Her wand was digging into his throat before she even thought about moving. Hermione watched his pulse hammer against the wood, but he gave no outward sign of distress. Do not for one bloody moment think you know anything about my life, you vile cockroach. 
She dug the wand deeper until he was forced to swallow, until his breathing wasn't quite as even as it had been. Just because you got on your knees for Voldemort doesn't mean that the rest of us were such cowards. Ooh. Jesus. Malfoy's hand closed around her wand, and in one quick twist of his wrist, it tore away from her fingers. Her heart stuttered as he moved fully into her, his breath hot against her prickling skin. Listen very carefully, Granger. I am not the boy you once knew. Perhaps you aren't the pathetic girl anymore, either. It doesn't matter. Do not ever threaten me again. You are woefully ignorant of who I am and of what I am capable. A throat cleared in the doorway, and suddenly her wand was back in her hand, with Malfoy a respectable distance away. Hermione watched those brittle silver eyes crack into a million shards of glass, and she knew. She knew who stood behind her, what cerulean eyes alight with hypnotic twinkles awaited her. Hermione turned, not giving herself the chance to retreat from this man who had once meant so much to her. In the years of war, the endless struggle to make the good side win, she discovered much about Albus Dumbledore, the most important of which was that he was no good man at all. Oh, he was good for the cause, loyal to the defeat of Voldemort at every turn, but that was different than being a good man. He'd used them, Harry most of all, to fight a seemingly unstoppable evil. And it had been the right call for the greater good, for the fate of the wizarding world, but hardly for Harry, Ron, or Hermione. It had taken years of bloody strife, the deaths of Ron and Ginny for Harry and Hermione to come into this uncomfortable conclusion. They'd both believed in him so bloody much that, realizing he'd been a man of flaws so utterly banal in the end, had been like ripping the foundation away from a building, leaving it teetering in midair. Everything they'd believed had shattered after that, destroying whatever worldview they'd left from their childhood. Okay, I got, I got something to say here, right? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Now, now that you put it like that, it almost sounds like child abuse if you think about Harry Potter, right? Because, like, it's right, right? Like, he he knows that Harry is the best defense, right? But, like, you're putting, you're literally putting children up against, like, the top evil. Right. right, and I'm curious about like where where in the the Harry Potter timeline this takes place because like I'm assuming this isn't like the the early years of the Sorcerer's Stone. I'm assuming this is later. In no, this all is of after the the movies, I think, in books because, but it might be like an alternative timeline type ending. Right, but they go off of they're taking pieces off of the story, and like yeah. putting it onto here, right? Because they're talking about Harry and Hermione. And then Ron and all of them, and then she talk about Dumbledore, and you know, he's trying to. He's so caught up in defeating Voldemort that he's putting these these kids in harm's way, right? Knowingly, right? So it's kind of like all that all that stuff has happened. But it did say the story of Hermione and Tom Riddle, right? That's what it was called. Yeah, that's what it said at the beginning. Uh, I'm curious. So we haven't seen all of that ends up because because from what I know about Harry Potter, Tom Riddle was all like second second book second movie stuff so that's why i'm curious about like where in the timeline is this supposed to be taking place true like i i'm kind of confused about that because i mean like 
this there's definitely been some uh provocative writing talking about how uh like Malfoy has like unreasonably close to her and all of that and like dude this better not this better not fucking be like second book stuff because like dude they're like fucking 12 13 years old in their second year at hogwarts from like what i understand if you if you pay attention to what malfoy said he said i'm not the same boy and nor are you the same girl yeah that is fair so that implies they, and they, I think he said something about the man after that or something like that. So he's implying that they knew each other, and she was talking about how he, she knew they knew each other when they were kids. Okay. Okay. So yeah, this you're is right. definitely right. this is definitely forward into the the timeline, so to speak, quote unquote. Maybe, maybe I just don't know enough about Harry. I, I'm assuming they're really. old, they're like they're like adults now. You know, that's I mean? what even I'm, though they were like thirty year olds, tell myself. year olds, but like <laughs> that's they're definitely adults now. You know? If only because it makes me feel better about yeah, the no. whole thing. <laughs> no, see, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm for, here. Because it's for the definitely... sake of this story, we're all they're all like, uh, you know, mid to late twenties. Fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, they're definitely old. They're definitely <laughs> older in here. This is not okay. We're listen. We follow the rule. Okay, it's erotic, but we f- eighteen plus erotic. All right. <laughs> well, we don't do right, none of that right, stuff. Right. Right. Yeah, come on. We keep it. We keep it. We're it's clean enough, right? So clean enough. This is legal. We'll put it that way. It's legal. Yeah. See, right. love what they're what they have left from their childhood. You know what I mean? Right. Everything they believe had shattered after that, destroying whatever world worldview they had left from their childhood. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely not childhood. So let's just get that out of the way. Aside from the old back people there in fucking okay. nineteen forty three. So we'll find out how that's relevant, but all right, I guess let's get back to it. Yet she couldn't bring herself to be angry with the man who stood in front of her, not this version of him or the version that would die in this very tower 54 years later. Hermione understood now what it meant to put the world first, to use others to achieve impossible aims. It was repulsive and yet inescapable when the stakes were so very high, when infinite war was the cost. There was a disturbance in the wards. Dumbledore's keenly intelligent stare swept over Hermione and then Malfoy. I believe I have found its source. It's highly unusual to be able to arrive within these castle walls. The wands do not allow a do not allow apparition or port key entrances. Hermione nodded. She was prepared for this conversation. True, Professor, but perhaps we have not come from outside the castle walls? Malfoy shifted beside her, moving his weight fully towards his right side as Dumbledore approached him. His beard was mostly brown, only streaked with a hint of silver, but his eyes were as she remembered sharp as jagged glass behind his half-moon spectacles. Your attire is most unconventional, Dumbledore offered after making a slow circle about them, and in 1943 it it surely was. She was wearing tight-fitting jeans with scuffed black combat boots. Her sweater was slightly more apt, but still cut to reflect a different sensibility. Malfoy was better off. His gore-splattered charcoal slacks and black button-down timeless in comparison. 
If Dumbledore had noticed the pile of ash smeared across the stone where Malfoy's other clothes had burned, he hadn't shown it. Our mission is rather unconventional. Now the gamble began. Hermione's heart had nearly thumped out of her chest as she del stared deliberately into curious blue eyes. This isn't going to work, you bloody moron. Malfoy hissed under his breath. She could feel the full force of his disapproval prickling against her skin, but didn't spare him a second glance. What isn't going to work? Malfoy had enough sense to not reply to the professor's query. He's worried about the integrity of our mission. It is a delicate matter concerning a, a resident of this castle. Dumbledore continued to survey them silently for a long moment before something shifted deep within his gaze. It is irregular, but not unheard of that the Ministry would require such business be conducted within these castle walls. There are several clear difficulties I foresee. The first is that you and your companion are no longer of school age. Our own schooling was disrupted by the Muggle War and the exploits of Grindweld in the south of France. We're looking to complete our education at Wizarding School that hasn't been ravaged by either of these forces. Dumbledore's lips pursed. And how exactly is your French? Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, they want me to read in French here? What? God, I, yeah, I definitely should have read this in advance. Okay. Okay. This is going to be awful. This is going to be awful. So before we get into the French, so as opposed to the timeline of Harry Potter, right? Mm -hmm. So the rise of Grindelwald was between 1900 and 1945. They said Grindelwald, right? They said something about that. And the calm between the wars, right? Yeah. 1945 and 1960. Right. Harry Potter didn't come around until 1991. Voldemort, so they're way in the past. Yeah, so they're like, it's a future past type thing? Are they? Did she go back in the past? Yeah, at the beginning, it was saying that they used the time turner to, to go back to 1943. It has given us nothing as to like what year it is currently in the story. Only so that, they said 1943. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like... They use the time turner to go back into the past, but it it gives us absolutely nothing uh, in regards of like what year it is, like how old they are, and all that in the present. They're currently in the past, right? Right. And then and then because uh, the rise of Voldemort is in nineteen sixty, so that isn't have even come yet. Hmm. Interesting. So they definitely won in the past. They're adult. They went. So her and Malfoy went to. The yeah, yeah, because Malf Malfoy was like a, a Death Eater. Or so Dude, I'm so lost. <laughs> I probably should have started all of this with a uh, with a fantasy realm that I actually know. Yeah, but I thought you, know, you knew Harry Potter, dude. I thought I did too, but clearly we're gonna, we're gonna get don't. killed over the Harry Potter thing. I know, dude. Like that. we're gonna fucking people we're gonna, are gonna get hate mail. Very people are gonna listen to this very first episode and go, "Wow, this guy's a fucking idiot," and then fucking <laughs> and then never listen to it. This guy's one. a fucking idiot. I want more. <laughs> well, okay, that's what I'm hoping for, but I don't think we're even gonna get that far. People are just gonna be like, "Wow, this guy doesn't even know Harry Potter. How can I expect <laughs> him to read fan fiction?" <laughs> Oh, Jesus. God damn it. The fact that they want me to read French here. How's your I'm French? Jump, um, dude, terrible. I, I don't speak a lick of French. Uh, 
Por man, it sounds like Spanish. Yeah, like I know how to say one moment, please, in French, uh, and I have no idea. That's about it. Like, so uh, I'm just going to go for this and hope for the best. Uh, I'm assuming this is Hermione reading. Por manca il ni ariat out. Yeah, okay, Jesus fucking That's Christ. Like <laughs> Elvish or some shit. <laughs> <You're> not... <laughs> yeah, I'm so lost. Uh... Help, we need help. French somebody, Dude, somebody. Is this, is this French? Should I, should I have brought on someone who speaks French for this? Oh, <laughs> I got a life hack, right? How about we throw it in the translator? All right, uh, yeah, I'm just going to fucking throw this shit into a translator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot it what worked. it says in English. It actually translates really well, actually. Like, yeah. super well. Okay. So, in French, the phrase says, For my case, there would be no problem. I grew up speaking French. On the other hand, as far as my dear, incapable companion is concerned, well... I can only suggest that you find her some other origin. It is a lost cause. Okay, so that's the French, and it says, uh, The words rolled off Malfoy's tongue like melted butter, and it occurred to Hermione that he truly was fluent, or something close. She'd never heard him speak French before, but there'd been rumors of the Malfoy family vacationing there during their Hogwarts years. And he was right from what little she could understand of his reply. Her French was terrible, but Grinwald hadn't ravaged the continent anywhere else yet, so it was the best story out of, out of a slew of awful ones. Perhaps a cousin who was visiting you in France when the occupation began? It was clear Dumbledore was certain that she would not pass for a French girl. Muffoy's mouth contorted grotesquely for a moment before he managed to growl, we are not, nor shall we ever be, related, fictionally or truly, and that is non-negotiable. Hermione didn't particularly appreciate the disgust gleaming behind brittle silver, but she shared the sentiment. Malfoy may have played along thus far, but there was no way either of them could pretend to be kin. Just the thought of having to look at him as if he were family made her skin crawl. He's right. We can just say I was on vacation when the Grinwald attack began, visiting relatives who are all dead now. That was closer to the truth than anything. All of Hermione's loved ones were dead. The thud of Harry's body hitting the dirt below echoed through her memory, sending a fresh wave of horror cascading beneath her skin. Dumbledore's brow furrowed a sympathetic glint entering his sparkling stare. There is much death in these terrible times. He turned to Malfoy. This brings me to the next issue. You bear a striking resemblance to one of my current students in the Slytherin house. I would recommend making some sort of non-magical alteration to prevent this from becoming obvious to all. A Braxis, Malfoy muttered. Indeed. Dumbledore took a long moment surveying Malfoy, but the blonde didn't volunteer any further information. With a world-weary sigh, the professor turned away from them. There is a set of spare rooms at the base of this tower, reserved for guests. I would advise you to clean the death off of you and make appropriate changes to your appearance. The sorting ceremony will be held at six sharp in the Great Hall, in which you will both be expected to participate. I will inform Headmaster Dippet of your arrival. 
but not give any more details than required. I sincerely hope you know what you're doing, Miss Granger. Hermione could barely keep the smile from tugging her lips as Dumbledore began to descend the stairs. It had worked. She'd done her best to offer eye contact whenever possible, but there had been no guarantee at all that Dumbledore would take the bait. Indeed, the naive Hermione of her Hogwarts years would have been dismayed with the alacrity Dumbledore had shown in plundering her mind, but the war veteran had been counting on it. She could feel the tension radiating from Malfoy as he moved to stand beside her. How much does the bloody old coot know, Granger? Hermione allowed the grin to fully capture her lips as she turned to stare into the storm clouds rolling within his eyes. Everything, Malfoy. That was a bloody open book. His only response was a growl low in his throat that stole the smile away as quickly as it had appeared. That part of the plan might have worked. But having a Death Eater as an accomplice was something else entirely. Hermione glared a hole through Malfoy's head the entire way down the stairs. Okay, so I get it now. I, you get, I it. get it. Yeah, so... Okay. Explain, because I don't at okay, all. Okay, so that's why I'm here, right? Because reading this, I, I, I had to take a minute. I'm assuming it sounds like from everyone is dead, right? They're all dead. Like Harry's right. dead, Ron's dead. They're all dead, right? So, yeah. for some reason, she's teaming up with Malfoy. Who is back in time. For whatever reason. To go back right. in time. To go back in time. And he mentions, Dumbledore mentions someone, says someone in the house looks like you. So, I'm assuming that's his father. That's in, in, uh, in Not his father. His father was, uh, wait, hold on. I, I think it was like a distant relative because this is fucking 1943. Right, but that would be his dad, right? Like, no. his, like, like his fucking grandpa, grandpa, or something. somebody, right? Somebody that his relative. So they they're going in past to do this quote mission, right? Right. And I don't know. I guess Dumbledore knows what the mission is. He doesn't know what the mission is, or whatever he says. He, everything. He's, I was a bloody open book, right? Right. Yeah. So I'm assuming when he was staring into her soul, I guess I don't know. Like there was no like words of what they're doing there. She just like said that right so there was no like there was an altercation of words between them speaking french right because that's what they spoke i guess at the time or most of the people spoke around that area but she doesn't know french but for some reason malfoy knows french right who knows right. a lot but dumbledore obviously knows how to speak it so he knew what he was saying to him um but that's that's so far what i've gathered so far from this first page is they're on a mission in t back in time. Uh, they met up with Dumbledore, and they're going under disguise for something. Right. And they're working together. Right. That's that's pretty much my interpretation of, in a, in a short of of this page so far. So what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, like it makes sense. It's kind of all, all we've really gotten. But it, I, I'm questioning how Dumbledore was able to figure out exactly what the fuck was going on because she's like, oh, I was an open book. But like, dude, I'm reading this shit. I have all the fucking like narrators exposition and whatnot, but I have no idea what's going on. So like, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me as to how Malfoy said some shit like, oh, yeah, I speak perfect French, but she doesn't. And then on top of that, the the explanation that she's given, which isn't very much, uh, and yet somehow he understands everything that's going on. I do. I, 
I don't know. And it says, uh, when he said, "Is uh, your entire is most unconventional, right? So he was, Dumbledore was talking about her clothes. Yeah. And it said Dumbledore was making a slow circle. Feature. Yeah, and it was, and in 1943, it surely was. She was wearing tight-fitted jeans with scuff. So she was wearing clothes from, like, that gave it away, kind of. Yeah. In a sense. But then it said Malfoy was kind of more blended in with his clothes. Right. And she said, our mission is rather unconventional. Yeah, so from what I know, that there was just weird, uncomfortable staring into each other type thing. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, where she was like looking at him like, I know this guy. And like, like she mentioned before, this is the guy that supposedly really good, but she doesn't really like because of what happened, right? Because like, she's like, this was our mentor, but at the same time, he kind of fucked us, right? He kind of was, mm-hmm. like, using us. So, and then she was wearing clothes from the future, so uh, we don't even know what the mission is, right? So it's not no. like she told any of us. She didn't tell anybody what the mission was, so. Right. What could her mission be, right? Like, what is she going to do? Kill Tom uh, Riddle? I'm assuming it's going to be something along the lines of, like, uh, stopping the war before it really hits its, like, climax. Yeah, because the war hasn't hit yet. Yeah. Oh, it's the calm so, between the wars. between night. So this is like right at the beginning between the wars. Right, before the rise of Grenwald and, and all that nonsense. Well, the rise of Grenwald was before that. It was 1900 to 1945, so I think that's where the French is coming in. Okay, so we're like at the end of the rise of Grenwald. Yeah, and the calm between the wars. I had to Google it, so... Makes sense. I'm glad yeah. one of us was thinking that far ahead. Yeah, of course. You <laughs> to have to, you have to be ready of, to research when you're bit doing of this. Harry stuff. Potter lore. Yeah, lore, right? I don't know the years, but so that that makes sense. Um, but it can only be so. The nature of this story, obviously, it's gonna get dark, right? Because I wonder if she's gonna turn into the bad guy almost into the story and be like the villain of the story, but. That would be interesting. That would be a, a turn of events. Because she's obviously hurt by all this. She obviously mm. still remembers all this stuff that's happened in the past. But I honestly, it's a, it's a solid first page so far. Right, and that was uh, the, the entirety of chapter one. Uh, like, I, I went ahead and went to the next page, and this is the beginning of chapter two. Okay, so each page is a chapter, basically. Uh, it seems like it's going to be that way, yeah. So they made it into the castle. They had to blend in a little bit, you know what I mean? Look more like 1940s instead of 2000s or whatever they came from or whatever time period because it seems like the clothes was 2000s plus or whatnot. So um, so they're in the castle now and they're starting the mission, I assume. So I guess that's what we're going to find out next. Yeah. I guess let's let's figure out what the fuck's going on. Hopefully this chapter will give us a little more, more uh, backstory on it all. They're going to tease us the hell about this mission. I can feel it. Uh, I know, dude. They right. definitely are. We're going to meet like so many people before we even know what the hell is going on. And then it's just going to kid us. Like, Damn you, boom. the corrosive pen. Yeah, <laughs> I like want to know mission. what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So chapter two. The door slammed closed behind Malfoy with a deafening thud. 
He'd been eerily quiet since their exchange at the top of the tower, and Hermione's blood pressure was climbing with every passing second. Malfoy stalked across the room, opening cabinets and drawers, their contents strewn across the room in his wake. There are far more important questions you ought to be asking. Stormy eyes flashed with barely contained ire. Possibly starting with why you aren't dead yet. Fine, she huffed, moving to stand between him and his latest pillaging target. Why hasn't Voldemort's finest disposed of me with due haste? Biting silver flashed at her before he returned to opening drawers, moving around her as if she were another piece of the furniture. Last I checked, you had more than half a brain, Granger. You tell me. An irritated growl tore from her throat. Three years, and he was still as insufferable as she remembered. Still the sot who'd managed to get under her skin with even the briefest of sneers. Then why the bloody hell did you tell me to ask the question? Malfoy paused, expression hovering between impatience and something darker. It is important for you to figure out the answer. Her teeth ground, but he was already back to tearing at the drapes by the oversized window. Fine, he wasn't wrong, but there was no way Hermione could complete her mission with Malfoy lurking in the background. His intentions unknown and allegiance clearly at odds with her own. So why wasn't she dead? He'd had a chance to kill her at the top of the astronomy tower in their own time, but he hadn't taken it. Instead, he'd hitched a ride across time with her, taking care not to upset the balance when they'd arrived. He'd known who Dumbledore was, and even that Hermione had betrayed his master to the current Transfiguration Professor, but she was still breathing. It made no sense. Voldemort had been on the cusp of absolute victory, and Hermione was now the only thing that could stop that chain of events. So any loyal Death Eater would have killed her on the spot. Her breath hitched, drawing Malfoy's attention. Silver ensnared her as a feral smirk inched across his lips. So she's got it. You don't want Voldemort to win. A broad shoulder raised in a half shrug. I can neither confirm nor deny that, and don't get your hopes up. I am definitely not in favor of you changing the past. Too many things could go wrong, and while our future is vile, I'm sure there are far worse possibilities. Hermione searched his stony features, but there was nothing beyond sharp angles and unfathomable quicksilver. So why play along? Do I have another option? Malfoy dropped onto one of the ornate chairs, serpent's heads where feet ought to have been. So now that you've given the present Dumbledore access to our entire history, I fear I'm liable to end up in Azkaban if I put one toe out of line. The old coot seemed too, entirely too eager to let you bring your nefarious plans to fruition. I don't even exist here to begin with, so eliminating me would be... trivial. Thus, you see, Granger, I find my odds of survival are best if I stick with you. She crossed her arms and sat back against the oaken desk below the window. You're not concerned I'll eliminate you? You are a serious liability to my plans. He quirked a pale brow, the storm within his eyes calm, if only for a moment. I'm not letting my, down my guard, if that's what you're asking. 
I am, however, fairly certain that Hermione Granger does not kill in cold blood. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. We'll see. Her wand twirled beneath, between her fingers as she let out a bitter laugh. Three years of war does a lot to change a person. The girl you knew at Hogwarts is long dead, and I make no promises I will protect you. Not from Riddle, and not from Dumbledore. Ice cracked over the winter skies within his gaze. I am not afraid, Granger. I can hold my own. The man from the tower, with her wand grasped dangerously between his fingers, was back, reminding Hermione not to underestimate him. He might look like the cowardly boy she remembered, but she knew the darkness underneath her own skin. The chilling echoes of the ability to do what was necessary, regardless of cost. If she'd fallen so far fighting for the light, how mangled he must be. An unparalleled agent of darkness and destruction. Her breath was suddenly too heavy in her chest, the air itself suffocating. Hermione broke away from those quicksilver pools that tangled in a mire of willfully forgotten truths. When she couldn't breathe again, forget just enough to remember how to pretend, she turned back to Malfoy. He was still sitting in the chair, left hand absently rubbing his leg from thigh to knee, as if stroking a cat. We need names. Dacian Mallet. I've used it undercover before. Hermione nodded. It was sufficiently friends and innocuous enough. A pureblood name? Of course. French wizarding aristocracy for at least a thousand years. I wouldn't dream of being descended from anything less. Silver eyes narrowed to slits. And come to think of it, neither should you. With Grinwald on the rise of the continent, this is not the time to cling to your... heritage. Her gaze dropped to the mess beneath her jumper sleeve before she could stop it. They'd managed to destroy Bellatrix's writing, but the scar was a horrific mangle of flesh now. I'm aware. I was planning on being Hermione Gable. They are not a pure, prominent pureblood family, but their line does go back a few hundred years. So perhaps we met some summer at a resort in the south of France while your parents were on vacation. We've kept up a correspondence since then, but ever only as friends. Malfoy visibly shuddered as he concluded. Is the thought of me truly that repugnant? Hermione snapped before she could think better of it. He glared balefully up at her. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Come on now, is that God, a question? What a, what a dick! <laughs> what a dick! Okay, so now we're now we're learning the dynamic between these two, right? So yeah, they still not, fucking they still fucking hate each other. They're and not necessarily working together. together, no, so to speak. But they're not necessarily working against each other, so to speak. So it seems like she's kind of working towards the uh, towards the good of you know. Humanity and wizard kind, whatever. Uh, and Malfoy's just kind of in this spot where he's like, Well, this is my best chance of survival, so I guess I'll tag along. But isn't he the one that brought her to the past? No, 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 that was her with the time turner. Okay, because so that if you was remember her. in shit, yeah. I think it was the third movie, maybe it was the fourth, uh, it was when she got the time turner. I think it was the okay. third. So you do know a little bit about her. So you know a little bit. You know a little bit, a little bit. Uh, yeah, I try. But... 
I'm probably wrong, and yeah, dude, someone will probably say something about it. But <laughs> I'm trying, okay, I'm trying. But that okay, so they're this is them in the castle. They're they're making their they're getting their uh you know, their their French names. Draw me like your French girls, you know, they're Yeah. They're they're getting ready, but yeah, he's just along for the ride, man. He's like I'm here. Like This man is literally just vibing. He's literally just <laughs> he's evil vibe. He's vibing evilly. But like yeah. and they had like a moment where they like I wanna say like they were like like showing their strength to each other, like, don't fuck with me. Another right. one's like, ah, don't fuck with me, fam. Like <laughs> don't get me wrong, we ain't friends, but I'll take you down in a heartbeat. And the other one's like Yeah, that really that really seems to be the dynamic here is that neither of them likes or trusts the other. But then they almost feel like a sense of knowing because they know each other. So they almost feel a sense of like comfortability. Yeah. Are, are these star-crossed lovers? Are these going to be? Uh, is this? Is this? Do you feel the sex? I feel the sexual tension already. Honestly. All right. Sure. I'll give you that. But then again, this this whole book seems to be about a uh, just based off of the very beginning about Hermione and Tom Riddle. So like maybe there's going to be some some jealousy there, and Malfoy's going to go off the rails. Uh, dude, I've got this. Could go so many different directions. I have no idea. But we're so we're but we both are but we both know where we're at now, right? There's no more confusions of what's going on here. We I both still just want to know what this fucking mission is, man. What could the mission be? To stop the war, or at least give uh, the side of the side of good an advantage of some sort. Is it, but that's like too like normal, right? Yeah, and that like a normal have taught plot? me anything. It's that normal is uh, not something we do here, right? Isn't that that's like a normal storyline, right? Of like, I think you were right. I think they're just gonna tease us about this fucking mission through the whole goddamn thing, and we'll figure out in like chapter forty what the mission itself actually is. Yeah, because she's not unless she has like a monologue to us. She's not gonna tell anybody. I have a feeling, right? right? She's not gonna tell anybody what the mission is, but she's not. But she's on it, right? Maybe we'll run into Dumbledore again here in a little while, and she'll uh, like explain it all. We'll have to find out. I, I have no idea. All right, let's do the. Let's go to the next one. All right, chapter three. I wish these chapters had names, though. That would be cool. But you know, it is Hermione in the tickle. Hermione in the tickle. <laughs> <laughs> all right, chapter three. Hermione could barely concentrate on the buzz of students in the great hall around her, despite the dire situation and the fact that the entire student body was assembling. No, instead of studying potential classmates and evaluating possible allies, all of her effort was being sucked into not looking at the man who sat beside her at the small table adjacent to the staff seating. After their uneasy truce over their cover story, They'd set to dyeing Malfoy's hair a less recognizable color. With the help of several herbs and the heating powers of Hermione's wand, Malfoy was utterly transformed. It had been too dangerous to use a glamour. They both knew exactly how perceptive Tom Riddle could be, so dye had to be the only option. Working with what they could afford to find in the greenhouse while Dumbledore enticed the current herbology professor away, the only option had been dark midnight dark, and it made for an extreme change. 
Hermione snuck a glance at Malfoy out of the corner of her eye, pulse hammering. Where before he had been pale perfection, untouchable marble, he was now darkly striking, ebony brows and midnight strands emphasizing the contours of his face in ways that remade him. She'd always known that Malfoy was objectively handsome, had heard Lavender Brown prattle on about how stunning he'd look in his dress robes at the Yule Blue for years afterward. But his acidic tongue and sneers had kept her from looking twice. Then the stories had started circulating during the war that she'd hardly been able to think of him as human. But now, the blonde boy of her memory was erased and only the enticing angles and planes of his symmetric face were left. Quicksilver eyes that had seemed a storm were now brilliant summer clouds in contrast to his darkness. She swallowed heavily and looked away before Malfoy caught her staring again. Ever since they'd vanished the remnants of the herbs away, her eyes had been drawn to him, to that face that suddenly seemed so full of possibility that made her heartbeat do impossible things. She knew her reaction was purely physical, that there was no way a handful of crushed herbs had changed him in any fundamental way. But she was helpless to halt the flutter of her pulse. The stark contrast of her memories had made clear that this was a man she barely knew. A man who'd lived through a bloody war. A man who perhaps understood just how ravaged her soul had become. It was a naive thought, born of a need for physical connection she could not understand. A need that had settled deep in the pit of her stomach after Ron passed and never faded. Her nights with Harry had satisfied the craving, eased the ache enough for her to breathe, to fight again another day. But now it burned hotly, begging her to consider the unthinkable. Told you so. You were totally right, dude. I told you so. Yeah, dude, so. that whole, those whole whole two paragraphs those whole last two paragraphs have just been like yeah not star-crossed lovers per se but god i want to rail that yeah like, you know, like, like, that's kind of like, where we're at she was like mm, the hair mm. Like, mm, bro now that your hair is dark you kind of fine though <laughs> yeah <laughs> because get a piece of that yeah, she was like, damn, I know you're evil as shit, but you be looking fine as fuck, bro. <laughs> like, mm. She's like biting her lip, like, mm, like moaning over there and shit. Like, for real? Like, oh, I, like I said, I already could tell. I felt the sexual tension in the writing. Yeah, dude. Like, now, I, now we're starting to get to the, to the parts of this podcast that were the inspiration for me to start this. I'm just here to read shit that's uncomfortable. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm 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 I'm, I'm slightly happy that this is happening though. You, like you you want to break off a piece of that that Draco Malfoy? I mean, if he's got this <laughs> the dreaming dark hair, you know what I mean. But because because she talked he talked about railing Potter, but she was with Ron, right? She chose was she with Ron? Or? Yes, she was with Ron uh, canonically. Or she was Harry. She chose uh, Harry, right? No, in in. In the Harry Potter canon, she she did end up with Ron. Uh, so from what I understood from these last few paragraphs we've read is that Ron died and it just kind of turned into this thing where, hey, I'm going to use Harry to fulfill my physical needs. Right, because they kind of like at times like were, you know, they thought that they were going to end up together. Because that's right. like maybe it's maybe it's one of those things. What do you call those things where you think it happens, but it doesn't happen? 
Oh, fuck, I don't know. Yeah, whatever that's called, that's what that is with Harry. Like, for some reason, I thought she ended up with Harry, but then I was like, I know better that she didn't. Oh, dude, it was fucking, like, I think at the, the beginning of the Harry Potter franchise, I think everybody thought that uh, Ron, or not Ron, Jesus Christ, Hermione and Harry were gonna were gonna end up together. And I think that's what a lot of people wanted until later on in the story, where it turns out that fucking Ron and Hermione were the two that ended up together. And I like that the author kind of brought that whole canon into all of this uh, and kind of made that part of the story was like, you know, oh, she was with Ron, but then she died and she turned to her like best friend and was like, yo, look, I need to get laid, dog. Let's do this. He's like, and you know, we kind of had a connection. Thing. We could fuck. Cool. But then he ends up dying somehow. Right, right, right. So this is where we're getting. To see, I, I just know that these two are going to end up getting it on at some point oh I probably sooner than later oh yeah i'm thinking that by the time we hit by the time we hit my stopping point of the end of chapter five i think we'll uh i think we'll, we'll have seen and it. she finally mentioned tom riddle that's the first time she's mentioned tom riddle's name she did mention him at one point earlier but it was very vague and not really yeah not really expected so they're definitely him. trying to perceive him right that's definitely oh. like that that was so part her mission of the obviously plan. has to do with tom yeah whether she's gonna kill him, fuck him, choke him. Who knows? Oh, you know, maybe maybe she's gonna hit him with a little bit of choke me like, like love, right. maybe it's a maybe a threesome <laughs> is gonna happen. We can only imagine. We can only hope at this point, right? Honestly, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for the uncomfortable shit, and so far I've been pretty, sitting here pretty comfy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm too comfy. I feel like now I need to. I need hey, this. Maybe, but maybe it's just backstory. You know, you maybe it's maybe maybe I'm just weird. fucked up, and that's why I'm comfy with this so far. Like, uh, yeah, that's entirely possible. I I did. I mean, I did ask somebody who's kind of fucked up if they had any uh if they had any sort of uh fanfics that they could send for this, and this was just the one that I chose of the two that she sent. So. I'm expecting this to get weird, uh, but, you know, we got to get a little bit of story in there. We got to really connect with these characters before, you know, things get weird. Otherwise, we just won't be as uncomfortable as uh, as we could be. That's true. That's kind of what I'm taking it as. It's kind of what I'm hoping for. I really hope that uh, this is something that I can post and not have to be like, well, that was lame and fucking go back and have to restart with a different story. I think we're on the right track here. I yeah, think. yeah, it seems like it. I'm, I'm uncomfortable enough to accept this as backstory. It's, it's definitely good, but I just had to, I just had to, to give it a moment to say I told you so. You, you definitely did. You definitely. I did. did. I just, <laughs> she, I mean, she's trying to get it some dick, right? Because like, she's been through she a lot. She's a fucking fiend, bro. Yeah, she's a fiend, right? Where, do we, where do we leave off? Clearing her throat, she forced herself to survey the gathering students. The house tables were nearly full, the first years just visible beyond the entrance to the Great Hall. Hermione had avoided looking at the Slytherin table until now, but she knew that it wouldn't last. As much as she'd like to find some way to strike down Riddle without ever looking him in the face, she knew that was a child's dream. The hope of a girl who still shield away from the green light at the end of her wand. The girl who thought everything fit in black and white boxes, who believed the world was good and worth saving. Sighing, Hermione allowed her eyes to trail across the occupants at the Slytherin's den. 
The platinum head of hair must belong to the Malfoy relative Dumbledore had alluded to, but beyond that, Hermione could identify none of the students at the table. None, save the boy at the head, his back towards her, as the boys around him hung on every word he spoke. Her teeth worried her lip, digging in as Riddle suddenly swung to face the front of the hall. Her breath rushed out of her in a startled gasp. A jolt of electricity raced the lengths of her spine as cobalt eyes, dark as the first night, caught hers. Whatever misplaced desire Malfoy's transformation had evoked was instantly eclipsed as Tom Riddle devoured her every feature with a hungry stare that promised dark oblivion. If Malfoy now appeared a fallen angel of darkness, Riddle was the lord of night himself. Soft waves of obsidian hair fell just above those intoxicating eyes, framing a strong jaw and high cheekbones, less jagged than Malfoy, more sculpted. She'd heard he was handsome, charming even. She never believed it. How could the monster with silted nostrils and no lips have ever have held the smallest modicum of beauty? She'd been wrong, catastrophically wrong. No one had ever looked at her the same way he did now, a dark promise of possession and ecstasy. Nor had she ever felt the roiling of her blood reach a fever pitch as it answered his call. Ron had been sweet, and then he died, and the war had, had made her hard. Sex with Harry had been cathartic, an answer to the ache in her stomach and the abyss growing in her soul. But never once had she felt like this. Like he would consume her, if only she'd let him. Get a grip, Malfoy hissed under his breath, and she was instantly aware of the flush sweeping across her body, her breath coming in near pants as Riddle continued to stare. It took nearly all of her self-control to wrench her eyes away from the hypnotic cobalt. Malfoy scowled at her as she fought to regain her equilibrium. Looking at him wasn't much better, but <laughs> at least he wasn't Riddle. <laughs> what? God, this writing is getting weird and confusing. <laughs> Told you, bro. Some 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 three Man, okay, some three yeah, way actions getting, about to happen. This is here. getting fucking. This is getting hot and heavy. And, and yeah, fucking, she's panting uh, over here like a goddamn bro. puppy dog. Yeah, for real. Jesus. And then Christ. she looks at Malfoy, and then she's like, <gasps> "Do you do you think we're gonna get any sort of uh, erotic content between now and the end of chapter five? I, I I'd be willing to bet that we do. Uh, yeah, it it kind of hit like a ton of bricks now. Like, bro, before... it really did. There was like this fucking dude. I just feel like I just got hit by a truck. All the all of a sudden, there's yeah. this sexual tension in the yeah. air. It's fucking thick. I can. But why she had to throw shots at my man Harry like that? Like, you know what I mean? Ah, you know the sex was good, but uh, you know yeah. it satisfied my urges. But I've never felt like this. Feel like I'm gonna be consumed. Damn. Like, and, like bro. All right then. All right then, fucking chill, woman. All right. <laughs> uh, she ends up she ends up having babies with this guy instead of killing him. Oh man, wouldn't that be a fucking twist? <laughs> All of a sudden, the war means nothing. Let's have children. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it took nearly all of her self-control to wrench her eyes away from hypnotic cobalt. Malfoy scowled at her as she fought to regain her equilibrium. Looking at him wasn't much better, but at least he wasn't Riddle. Godric. 
Mafoy leaned into her until all she could sense was the bitter smell of herbs in his hair and the hot puff of his breath against her ear. You look like a bitch in heat, Granger. Pull it together. Now. His harsh tone helped focus her, pull her out of Riddle's enthralling grasp. Hermione twisted her hands together under the table, nails digging into the tender flesh of her palms. She shook her head, forcing the heat down with, with the reminder that Riddle was the reason she'd traveled here, risking everything. Because he was a monster, and she was going to end him. It didn't matter if he made her feel like a live wire. She'd just taken her first true breath because it was her task, her only remaining task in life, to kill him. Sorry, she murmured to Malfoy. Malfoy's lips remained ghosting over her skin. Make sure it doesn't happen again. Our situation is tenuous enough without you deciding to shag Riddle. Hermione nodded, pulling away from Malfoy. He retreated to his half of the table, letting bored eyes inspect the crowd. Have you given any thought as to what Riddle is going to do when you get sorted into Gryffindor? From what I've heard, he hates Dumbledore and anyone else in that ghastly house. Not that I can blame him. Red and gold make a distressing combination. I'm not getting sorted into Gryffindor. Malfoy didn't bother to hide the scoff that followed her pronouncement. And why, pray tell, is that? Hermione rolled her eyes. It doesn't serve my purpose here. The sorting hat does not let one make a choice. Last time, for me, it was between Gryffindor and Ravenclaw. Even Harry got to choose between Slytherin and Gryffindor. I'll just choose Ravenclaw this time. Stormy eyes blinked once, like an owl. Did I hear you right? Potter was nearly in Slytherin. He might actually have chosen it if you hadn't been such a prick, Hermione confirmed. Malfoy stared at her a long moment, as if the idea of Harry Potter and Slytherin had short-circuited his brain. The sorting hat never asked for my opinion. That's because you were a short-sighted snot. Although, I suppose it would have been funny to watch your face if it had suggested Hufflepuff. To her surprise, a wry grin to match her own ghosted across Malfoy's lips, making his sharp angles soften. She looked away, allowing her inescapable, twisted need to drive her into Sherry. Who the fuck is Sherry? Sherry, yeah, I can read. Um, allowing her inescapable, twisted need to drive her into Harry's arms had been one thing, but neither Malfoy or Riddle was a viable option. They were the enemy, and no matter how much she craved connection, that would not change. Taking a steadying breath, she was reminded of all the things she'd yet to process. The pitch of Harry's body off the ramparts. The knowledge that Voldemort had won, definitely and completely. That her only ally in trying to save a world that didn't deserve saving was a Death Eater she couldn't trust. It was no wonder her control had cracked, and only her baser needs remained. It was bad enough to be in the past where every move could save or destroy the future she desperately wanted, but now she was playing a game she hadn't bargained for. A game where the fissures in her soul were gaining control, and Tom Riddle's eyes held infinity in their depths. Headmaster Dippet cleared his throat, pulling her from the dismal reverie. Before we begin the sorting process, our first-year students, I would like to welcome two special guests to sit beneath the hat. They join us from the war-ravaged continent to finish their schooling in an environment safe from the Muggle War and from the threat of Grinwald. Please welcome Miss Hermione Gable and Master Dacian Mallet.
There was a tepid applause from the students at the house's tables as whispers ricocheted across the halls. Clearly, the student body hadn't been expecting additional members. Dumbledore had indicated the prefects, and head boy and girl had been briefed along with Dippet. The word clearly hadn't gotten out. Hermione shifted in her seat, just curbing the urge to look at Malfoy. With the entire hall staring at her, it really wouldn't do to look for comfort from her unwilling companion. So instead, she looked at Tom Riddle, which was infinitely worse. His full lips were curved in a knowing smile, a smile that made unmentionable acts flutter behind her lashes, those lips put to more productive uses. Her mouth was bone dry by the time that she realized Dippet was calling her name. Malfoy scowled at her as she abruptly rose. Never again, my arse, he snarked as she brushed past him on her way to the platform of the sorting hat. She couldn't fault him for the outburst. Not five minutes ago, she'd been promising to keep her urges in check when it came to the magnetic hold Riddled seemed to exert over her. And here she was, drooling like some teenage girl again. With exasperation, she plopped onto the stool, which wasn't nearly as high as she remembered it. Then again, she was a full-grown woman of 20 years now, a far cry from the 12-year-old she'd been the last time she sat on this stool a half-century later. Dippet placed the hat on her head with a wan smile that didn't quite reach his eyes. The old hat settled into place, rustling quietly. I know you. She could hear the humor in the voice echoing through her mind. Although I don't know this you very well at all. It seems a fair amount has happened, or is yet to happen, since we last met. But never mind that. We've a house to find for you. Your thoughts? Not Gryffindor. That was all she knew. With Riddle's attitude towards Gryffindor, she'd be screwed from the very beginning, and she'd already clearly caught his attention. He'd be too interested if the new girl he seemed to have a passing interest in suddenly ended up in the only house he despised. Well, definitely not Hufflepuff, Eva, dear. You simply don't have the right disposition. So, Ravenclaw or Slytherin? You're a smart girl, Miss Granger, but I'm afraid you've crossed too many lines at this point. Your strength is your ambition, not your knowledge. Hermione's blood ran cold. Whatever heat had been left in the wake of her inappropriate desire was stamped out by the icy tendrils of terror now piercing her every nerve. No, the Sorting Hat couldn't possibly be considering placing her in Slytherin. Anything but that. My decision is final, my dear. You fit in no other house. Not anymore. The hat was silent a long moment, as if giving her a chance to prepare herself for its pronouncement, and then it bellowed for all to hear. Slytherin! Hermione's eyes met Malfoy's as she attempted to retrieve her jaw from the floor. This couldn't possibly be happening. Her knees knocked as she hobbled away from the stool, barely able to cross the distance back to their table. The tempests within his stormy eyes looked like sh she felt as she collapsed back into her chair. She barely noticed when he rose to take his seat on the stool, or when the hat announced another member of Slytherin. All she could hear was the roar of the blood in her temples and the sudden and complete knowledge that she was in over her head, that the rug had just been pulled out from under her feet, and now there was nothing left to do but fall. That got kind of intense. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's kind of funny, right? Because she's so obviously so they made it clear she wants to kill him. Okay. Right. And then, like I said before, either kill him or fuck him. One or the other or both. 
Sometimes um, you gotta. And not necessarily in that order. Yeah, and not, that would be weird in that order. <laughs> uh, some people look down upon that. Yeah, you know. yeah, you know, just just a couple of people. Just a couple. But the fact that now she's put in Slytherin kind of makes sense in, um, in my eyes, honestly, because... Hey, think I think about, it'll help with her mission. Well, not necessarily help, but it's showing her where she's at now, right? Like, we talked as about... A, yeah, as a mentality, yeah. I, yeah, I where she's at now, what her mission is. Her mission is death, right? And she's right. deceiving, right? And so they're putting her in Slytherin House. I mean, not saying that's what the house stands for, but not each house has different strengths and weaknesses, but Slytherin has been the quote-unquote like evil house, so to speak. Right. Or the, the more traditional evil house. And the fact that she got put into it, I think the reason she's so fucked up by it is she didn't think that could ever happen to her. Right, because she, like that's just her, her mentality has changed that much. Who she is as a person has changed that much. She's no longer this, uh, this Gryffindor-like pride and honor fucking stand-up person. Now it's like deception and my goals are nefarious and all of that. Yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. And the fact that the that she and the hat had like a little interaction was kind of funny too. Yeah, that was kind of neat. I thought it was strange how the the author didn't put any of the uh, any of the hats uh, lines in quotes or anything. It was italicized uh, to show that like it was purely in her head, like yes. she like they were communicating uh, so that in a way that nobody could hear up until the Slytherin. Because she was saying before how Malfoy didn't ask her before, but it, it had asked people previous people. Mm -hmm. but you couldn't hear it right um what house was tom riddle in was he in? uh from from what i'm gathering so far it seems like he's a slytherin as well yes that, that's just kind of what i've picked up on through the course of these past three chapters yeah he was educated at hogwarts from 1938 to 1945 and was sorted into slytherin so that they're in 1945 so this is like the tail end of him in school Okay, so this chapter actually starts with a, a note from the author, and I'm going to go ahead and read it. Uh, it says, Notes. Thank you all for the continued support. I hope you are all staying safe. For those of you that might wonder about Hermione's appetites and her interest in Tom, I ask you to have faith. This is a journey, and we are only just beginning. Chapters 4 and 5 are super short, so I'm posting one today and another on Saturday. Uh, then I'll think about transitioning and posting Tuesday, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Thursday and Saturday. Because this, this story is relatively new. Uh, yes, this was year. posted April thirtieth of twenty twenty. Uh, so was when so this year. this chapter four was posted. Yes, this is this is a year old. Fucking considering it, it's May twenty twenty one now. Like, yeah, this is fucking just over a year old. Like, this is new. Ish, I suppose. Yeah, for for as a as someone writing a fan, and honestly, it's it's pretty good. Like I said, I have to commend the guy. It's written really well. I will. We're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to shout out this guy as well and the, the author and stuff. Uh, oh yeah, fucking. I, I, I'll be stuff. I'll be starting every episode with uh like the name of the the name of the fan fiction story, the author's name, and then ev in the in the show notes for every episode, I'm gonna link the the beginning of every story. Because I mean, like, may maybe in the future the we'll have people writing us stories to send them in. That would be that would be fantastic. Honestly, I would love that. That would be that would be that would be great. You never know, right? That'd be cool, right? Cool. All right. So let's jump oh. straight into fucking chapter four. We'll get chapter four out of the way. We'll do chapter five, and then we will probably call it a day. I don't know how long we've been recording, but I feel like it's, it's been a little over an hour enough. and a half ish. Oh god, hour has it really? Jesus, 20, yeah. I didn't. I didn't think it had been that long. 
but um, he hasn't had got his house yet, right? From what I understand, Riddle. Uh, no, not I, Riddle. Uh, Malfoy. Oh, oh no, no, he's going up to the stool right now. That's okay, like, so we're about, about to, to so into. we're about to find out where he's going. Wouldn't it be some cool. shit if he gets me, into like Gryffindor? Let me tab back a bit and let's see. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem he has not gotten his uh his house yet. All right. So what we've learned so far is she's obviously wants to bang Tom Riddle and Malfoy. And Malfoy. Yeah. <laughs> and she's now in Slytherin. So let's um. I I only have high hopes from here, honestly. So. Right. Same. We're starting to get to some more juicy content. We had to get some backstory first, but we're getting into the good stuff now. Chapter 4 It took most of dinner, which thankfully had been served to them at the table adjacent to the professors, and the entire walk down to the dungeons before Hermione was able to wrap her head around exactly how screwed she was. It had been one thing to think of taking down Riddle from the Ravenclaw common room. It was an entirely different thing from within the snake pit itself. Everyone would be gunning for her. Every single pureblood would take her to pieces if they found out even one hair on her head was a lie. She risked a glance at Malfoy, who walked silently beside her, eyes sweeping the corridor as if on patrol. She couldn't fault him. Her own eyes traced the same paths, searching for an ambush that wasn't coming. At least not now. The door to the Slytherin common room swung open with a whispered mudblood that had her skin prickling even if she wasn't surprised. It wouldn't be such a joy to use the slur every day to return to her bed. None of the other Slytherins batted an eye, and Hermione reminded herself that it was a different time, a different world, and if she was going to take down Tom Marvaldo Riddle, certain things like mudblood would have to roll off her skin like dew from a petal. Welcome to Slytherin, a perfect girl, perhaps a sixth year, beamed at Hermione and Malfoy as they crossed the threshold. I'm Aurelia Greengrass, and I'm one of the prefects. Headmaster Dippet thought it best if I was assigned to help with both of you specifically, since you'll need a much different orientation than the first years. You'll both be a part of sixth year classes, and some seventh. Warm honey eyes blinked up at Hermione from beneath luminous toffee bangs. Despite clearly being a Slytherin, Aurelia didn't appear to have a single menacing bone in her petite body. Hermione had to blink several times to make sure the girl and her bubbly personality were real. Uh, thanks, Hermione managed as the Slytherin kept smiling at her with undeniable enthusiasm. Malfoy was staring at Aurelia like he'd simultaneously seen a ghost and gotten food poisoning. Hermione elbowed him sharply in the ribs and he reverted to simply appearing nauseous. The girl frowned at him, but turned the full force of her attention onto Hermione. We're sharing a dorm, so I can show you where you'll bunk when we go upstairs. Your class schedules are already on your beds. Movement from the on the fireplace had Aurelia pausing, her cheeks flushing. But enough of that. I think Tom is excited to meet the both of you. He may not be head boy yet, but he's the head of Slytherin House already, even if he's only a sixth year. Electricity shot down her spine as Riddle crooked a finger, summoning them to his fireside, Milu. Malfoy shot her a warning glare as they followed the unspoken command. Hermione glared back with equal fervor. She wasn't stupid. It didn't matter how strong her craving became. She wasn't about to risk the very basics of this mission to scratch an itch she knew would not be so easily satisfied. 
infinite cobalt drank her in as they started, never leaving her eyes, and yet sending tremors across every millimeter of skin. It is my utter pleasure to meet both of you, Miss Hermione Gable. Riddle purred, a voice deeper than she imagined. His lips, sinfully soft, were against the back of her hand before she could blink, let alone realize he was touching her. If his gaze was pure electricity, his touch was unbridled fire, utterly consuming and infinitely dangerous. She knew he could feel the tremble of her palm, utterly limp in his firm grasp as he stared down at her with a hunger that promised to undo her. Malfoy cleared his throat in the moment fractured, leaving only her arm shaking against her borrowed skirt. Riddle's attention momentarily diverted. Malfoy struck out his hand. Dacian Mallet. Tom Riddle. Their handshake was quick but firm, Malfoy showing no sign of unease as he smiled grimly across at Riddle. The two were approximately the same height, which surprised her. She'd always thought Malfoy as slight smaller, but... The last time she'd seen him next to her friends, he'd been merely 16. She'd known Riddle was tall, but seeing that this young version truly had nothing in common with the snake who'd taken everything from her. This was a handsome man, not a monster. And yet she knew, knew, that underneath the calm and the beauty lurked the beginnings of one. And it was her job to snuff it out. Chapter 5 so what did you think? Hermione frowned at Aurelia over her shoulder. Think? A coy smile skated across the girl's face as she resumed the perusal of her history of magic text. About Tom Riddle, of course. You'd have to be blind not to see the way he looked at you. Hermione absolutely refused to acknowledge the sparks that ignited at the base of her spine. Her hand dug into the pillow on her bed, the alarmingly green sham twisting up in her grip. I have no idea what you're talking about. Don't be daft. Aurelia's voice was suddenly sharp, even if her honey eyes remained warm. This is Slytherin, Hermione. We can all see right through you. You like the way he looks at you, and every single member of this house knows that. Shit. They're all under her. Right, yeah. You've been, you've been spotted. I mean, at this point, she's got to be drenched, right? Dude, it gotta she be. She is wetter than a faucet at this point. Fucking gotta be. <laughs> it's a fucking Not a, river down there. Uh, no shot that she's containing <laughs> herself well at all. No sh She's like, I got this, I got this. And she walks up to him, she's like, I don't got this. I got this, I got this. Oh shit, I was wrong. <laughs> I don't got this. Malfoy, help me. I'm, I'm actually no, very surprised. Uh, this chapter's really short, and I'm actually very surprised we haven't gotten in, into anything uh, weird. I, I don't think we have time for that in this chapter. However, maybe we'll start the next one off, the next chapter off, with some spicy shit. Hey, well, they're, we're starting to... Well, obviously everybody knows that she's uh, attracted to him. Right, yeah, absolutely. Because, honestly, from the way that the writing is, it's almost like she's like visually like having a fucking hard time just even, like, of her surroundings what's going on yeah all right let's let's get through the rest of this chapter hermione's jaw worked silently for a long moment was aurelia right was she truly an open book in this layer of snakes that would make things all the more precarious a risk she could ill afford with a multitude of secrets already amassed 
Perhaps she had been lulled into complacency by the utter blockheadedness of the Gryffindor cohort. Harry and Ron had been oblivious to nearly everything important that had ever happened in her life, at least until the war. After that, there had been nothing but death and survival left to care about. I bet he's like that with all girls, she hedged, not quite willing to acknowledge the chilling truth behind Aurelia's words. The petite girl's lips pursed for a long moment before she sighed. Actually, no. The girls may be trying to break down his door every night, but Tom has never, and I mean never, given anyone the time of day. He showed more interest in you in the last two hours than he's shown in anyone his entire time at Hogwarts. Hermione's blood lodged in her veins, frozen solid. What? Riddle likes you, and that may be the event of the year in Slytherin. I'm pretty sure he's painted a target on your back, at least as far as the female half of the house is concerned. Aurelia paused, hazel eyes pleading. You need to be careful, Hermione. Riddle is... powerful. She met the girl's desperate stare with narrowed eyes. What are you saying? If Riddle wants you... Aurelia's hands wrung together even as her eyes hardened. You may not be able to say no. Hermione's breath caught. She'd known he was feared in his Hogwarts years. Slughorn had been intimidated enough to give him information on bloody horcruxes. But she'd never truly thought about it, never realized his power would extend beyond the clearly nefarious to the mundane. It was a very good thing that he'd never shown sustained interest in a girl before. Hermione could only imagine how much damage he would have wrecked upon some unsuspecting soul, Slytherin or not. But Hermione wasn't just any girl. She was a war veteran, and four years his senior. She might have an unholy attraction to him, but she knew every one of his secrets. He would never control her. I can hold my own, Hermione muttered, putting the stack of borrowed textbooks in order on her desk. Aurelia stared at her a long moment before nodding, honey eyes bright. Of that, I have no doubt, Hermione Gable. And that is the end of chapter five. Your thoughts, that was an interesting. Sir. That was an interesting conversation between them two. Right, yeah, it definitely was. Because, you know, at first she's like, oh, this bubbly little, you know, bubbly little petite girl. And then all of a sudden this girl's like, like. Yeah, she's like, this bubbly little petite girl. And all of a sudden this little bubbly petite girl is like, yeah, he wants to dab that. And you won't and be I'm not sure that. he. And I'm not sure you can say no. <laughs> yeah. And now uh, he's like, half of the girls hate you already because he wants to bang you. Yeah, and all those other girls want to bang uh, him. Fucking, we call that peanut butter and jealous. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely interested to see where this goes. Um, yeah, we're on chapter five. Uh, or well, we're going into chapter six out of 46. This is, this is clearly going to be a multi-part thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about where this is going, and as much as I hate to say it. So I've never been one to read fanfiction before this, and I don't like the fact that I'm enjoying this. I'm having fun with this. It's, it's a, like I said, it's a really, really good story. It's like, at it's first, so again, we're, at first we're both like, what in the high heavens? We're like, what in tarnation? We're, we're yeah, trying to figure out where we're at, where we're I going. Think- that's going to be the one lesson uh, to learn through this is uh, at the beginning of anything of any of these stories, like if you're fucking confused, I, I think the lesson learned today was if you're confused, just 
keep going and chances are it will be explained uh because like i i feel like i understand this a little bit better than i did fucking after like the first two chapters yeah because i was really confused then and now it all kind of makes a little bit more sense even though not a whole lot more was explained uh, honestly, again, maybe that's from this, maybe that's from our talks. <laughs> honestly, if I was reading this by myself, I probably would be confused still for the most part. Right. It would take me a little bit to like read it, comprehend it, go back, read it, comprehend it, and like understand it. But since you know we were able to like talk about it and like throw ideas off each other and be like, okay, this is what they're doing. Right. Um, and so they keep saying the war. The one thing I forgot to mention is they said the war was lost. Yeah, the war was lost. lost It definitely, from what I'm understanding, like, the war is basically over in their current time, and, like, Voldemort won. Uh, And so she's trying to go back in time to try and change that outcome. That's kind of what I'm picking up from it. Correct. Correct. So it is kind of like an alternate timeline, so to speak. Yeah. It's an alternate timeline, and um, and then she goes back. She wants to kill Tom Riddle because, I mean, I thought that was kind of like easy to see, but then again, maybe there was going to be more into it that would 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 hurt that because it's it's like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna go back and kill this this guy, right, and right. stop the evil from happening, right? And and but, maybe I'm just a fucking muggle who doesn't understand, but like, I don't really understand what part tom riddle actually played in the story of harry potter like in the actual canon of it all but i i don't understand how this goal to go back and kill tom riddle uh actually is going to change the war but maybe that's just me maybe like anybody tom else riddle would was understand the start it. was he tom riddle was the start of Voldemort. isn't he voldemort i maybe I don't know, personally. All I know is that fucking he was the one who wrote that, like, uh, right. diary from the Chamber Chamber of Secrets. That's all about, I really well, know about How about before we end or go on or anything else, how about we just, like, take a minute to look at Tom Riddle? Okay. Let's, let's like, let's, take a moment. I'll, I'll do a quick, uh, a quick Google search. Let's pull Tom Riddle mm-hmm. up. Because, again, maybe this is, like, part of the things of, like, what it actually is to, or to what I remember or what most people think. Um... Because I remember he was in the Chamber of Secrets. Because he he made an ap- appearance in the book. Didn't Harry Potter okay. go back in time? So so Tom Riddle is Voldemort. Yes, uh, that's what I okay. thought. Okay, yeah, I did not know that. Um, that was his actual name, was Tom Riddle. Okay, that makes sense. Because wasn't he... Didn't Potter go back in time at some point? I have no idea. I thought he, he like, met Riddle. I thought that they went back and like and like he actually met Riddle he, back in the yes, day. Yes, actually, in one of the movies, yeah, I, I believe he did. Uh, again, I haven't read the fucking books, so I'm not fully informed. But yeah, yeah. I, I believe that at least at the very least, there was a flashback of some sort that uh, that Harry went through where he saw Tom Riddle and all that. So yeah, that's that that was his his actual name was Tom Riddle, which is even makes it even worse that she wants to fuck him, right? Right, bro. She wants to. She wants to fuck. Uh, he sh- who shall not be named. Well, he's got a name right now. Well, yeah, for now. She was so okay. Yeah, so it's 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 like the the common thing of like go back in time and kill the leader before he emerges. Right. So, yeah. That's the okay. premise. That makes, that before makes a little bit more sense. Without fucking too much stuff up, but what can she really fuck up if everything's already been fucked up? Yeah. 
So I, I really feel like she's going to be having these moral dilemmas throughout the story. And, and I'm really curious to see how they play out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because she's going to be like, what's good, what's bad, where am I, what, what, who am I even type thing. Who, who knows, maybe I? she Why do even I turns fuck to the dark, the dark side. Lord? Yeah. Bro, wouldn't that be a fucking change? Like, Hermione's just like, ah, you know what, the sex is so good, fuck it, I'll let it corrupt me. I'm joining the dark side. <laughs> yeah, she's like, they got the good dick over here. Right. All that good this side is, dick. This is where all the good pipe is. <laughs> <laughs> this is where all the good pipe is. You I know? mean, like, yeah, Harry satisfied my needs, but fucking, you know, Tom Riddle does this thing with his mouth. And, <laughs> and it almost makes sense for him to be, like, charming in, like, in a sexual way. Right. He's a, you know, because of, like, a snake and, like, his right. powers. Right. And he was the yeah, and he had his Death Eaters, which was his armies, space his army basically. So that's that's great, man. Well, I'm I'm definitely excited to see how this turns out. Uh, well, this was fun. I appreciate you uh, stopping by for my for my weird fan fiction stories. But I think we're gonna, we're gonna call it here. It, <laughs> I actually had a lot of fun with this. I'm not gonna lie. It was a blast. <laughs> I can't wait to do more. Actually, I'm actually really excited. Well, to, fantastic. I think uh, to before... finish this out. Before anything else, yeah, I think we'll we'll finish this story and then we'll move on to something else. I, I originally thought about, uh, like, you know, making it through, like, a couple of parts of one story and then reading something smaller and shorter. Uh, just kind of break it up. But, no, nah, I'm, I'm into this. I'm excited. <laughs> I want to know where this goes. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and stop this recording. I appreciate you coming out, my guy. And uh, we'll we'll get to recording some Any, more. Anything, anything to help my homie out, you know? For real. <laughs> we'll get to recording Anything I can do. Possible. I like stuff like this. It's fun for me as well. I have good... I, it's not like you're pulling my teeth to do it. Right. Yeah, you're I'm like, yo, you want to record? I was like, yeah, I'm down. Fuck it. Let's go. Let's do it. Fuck <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? You know what I mean? Like, nothing? Okay, cool. Famous last words.